0: A belated Thanksgiving holiday salutes on this Thanksgiving evening. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, set for week 12, going to New Orleans. This should be interesting. Yeah. What is NOLA like on a holiday weekend?
1: Uh, Let's see. Uh, It's usually crazy, raucous, you know, lots of cocktails, adult beverages. I'm I'm expecting
0: that times 10 on, on Thanksgiving week. So you think the long weekend amplifies... Not bogs down. You oh yeah, you don't think New Orleans is going to be out of gas by Sunday? Oh,
1: tailgate starts on Thursday. Okay, and it doesn't end until Monday. Oh yeah, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Hey, are you uh are you over Miami yet?
1: I am. I put it behind me. Okay. I did. I, I watched the tape again, both sides and the fourth quarter over again. So, you know, I mean, once you get past the emotion and you get down to the X's and O's and, and the Y's and the and the who's, um, yeah, put it past me. Uh, gone. It's it's a game that you lost. It's disappointing. Um, but I don't think Miami is better than you. I don't think Miami is a better football team than the Rams. I think the Rams helped in their own demise. So, yeah, put it, I put it past me. Good. Move uh, on to New Orleans. I'm
0: happy to hear that because I want tonight to be about thanks and yeah. gratitude. <laughs> and, and if you will, just volley back and forth with me some things sure. about Rams football about being in Los Angeles that you're thankful for? Uh, Sunlight. (laughs) Thank you for sunlight. Wait a second. It was pouring on Sunday.
1: That's okay. I'll I'll deal with it. Um, You know, thank you for perpetual sunshine. Thank you for number 99, Aaron Donald.
0: Best interior defensive lineman by far, according to this week's Pro Football Focus rating and rankings.
1: That's the one thing I did take away from the tape. I I think it's over now. Um, You saw Sue. You had Donald on the same field, and... Look, Sue is no slouch,
0: and you had Clayus Campbell earlier and Clays in the season. Yeah. But
1: I mean, and Dominic and Sue is a guy that you know thirty of the thirty-two teams would want. Yep. But I think if you had your choice between Donald and Sue, you would take Donald. So I, I'd say that's over. So thank you to thank you for number ninety-nine.
0: You you brought something up earlier this week that I thought was interesting: the devastating penalty that Aaron Donald took, leading to one of the two come from behind touchdowns unfortunately overshadowed what Jeff Fisher described as maybe his best pass rush of the season. Can you take us through that?
1: Yeah, uh, the guy he beat uh, was playing guard is uh, is Jermon Bushrod. Correct. Uh, Bushrod is, I mean, a former pro bowler, a guy they have history with. And, you know, he was doing okay against Donald, better than most, but the pass rush move was unbelievable. He starts on the outside shoulder of Bushrod uh he cuts him off and Donald without blanket starts a power rush to the inside mm-hmm. so bushrod tries to overcompensate or compensate for that and push back and Donald just hip tosses him absolutely take him like takes him like a sack of potatoes throws him over his shoulder and continues on to the quarterback without breaking stride now the problem is the ball was gone and he launched made contact with the helmet so you got to call the penalty but the pass rush move mm-hmm. one of the best of the year best of the year not just by him I mean, by anybody in the league, one of the best of the year, hands down.
0: I'll go a little bit bigger picture and just be thankful for the entire Rams defense because since week one, every game has been compelling. The Rams have been in every contest since 28 nothing Monday Night Football in San Francisco, and almost without exception, that's because of the performance of the defense, which has been the best in the NFL over the last, well, say four or five weeks after Detroit, going to London. They have been playing at a truly elite level. Uh, Look, I know it's not the most thrilling brand of football to watch every Sunday, but I'm thankful for it because it means that fourth quarters matter every week for the Rams. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, look, a good defense can take you a long way as long as you have great special teams and an offense to supplement you. So I think the latter part is coming. It's on the rise, so to speak. And, you know, Jared Goff getting his feet wet, um, I thought was serviceable. I really did. I thought at the quarterback position, I know you didn't get the desired result. So
0: you're you thankful for the quarterback change. You didn't this throw day, a touchdown
1: pass. You didn't have many passing first downs. <laughs> but the way Miami got after you, just getting the ball out and complete was a win for Jared mm-hmm. Goff in the offense. So, yeah, I mean, thank God that Jared Goff didn't die in his first start as a pro. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll go special teams. Very thankful for Johnny Hecker, who continues to deliver uh, at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah. Flipping the field. I know the last kick wasn't his best. He would have loved to have had it back. Would have loved to have pinned Miami a little bit deeper. But that's where I'm going next in terms of my, what are we thankful for among the Rams in Los Angeles this okay. season? Okay,
1: well, th- that's the turkey. Then you got to have cranberry sauce. So, I'll say thank you for Bradley Marcus Nice
0: one. Uh, nice uh,
1: Michael, one. T- all the guys that go down and cover. And one more guy from the defense. Um, LaMarcus Joyner. Oh. Thank you. Yes. Outside of Donald. That could be your defensive MVP. I mean, he's been treated
0: like a Thanksgiving turkey in terms of <laughs> poked and pulled, prodded, <laughs> prodded, stuffed, injured, yeah. thankfully not decapitated, right. but like everything this side of decapitation yeah. and served, he's weathered and he shows up and he's active every season. Guys Sunday. that
1: small or that size shouldn't be that tough in the box. I mean, really, uh, he's, guys have him by a foot in height and about 25 pounds. In weight and it it seems like it's the opposite way mm-hmm. he just continues to make plays uh
0: on monday night jeff fisher disclosed this that his former florida state teammates used to call him frisbee dog <laughs> i guess because <laughs> right. it just is the approach that he takes to playing football so we'll yeah. have to find a way to to work that in in new orleans um it's going to be important for lamarcus and for that defensive back group to be sound and to be healthy because there's not much back there now you've got former uh, practice squad guys elevated uh, with the loss of Troy Hill uh, this week behind them when you go through a stretch that includes Drew Brees, Tom Brady Matt Ryan Russell Wilson the next four on your schedule see
1: I think before you get behind the wheel hammered right it's not just about you it's about the public at large and it's about the teammates that you leave high and dry I mean you're going to New Orleans down one of your better corners Hmm. you know I mean that's that's a, a selfish act and I'm glad that you know coach fish Fisher handled it and acted the way that he acted you are gone how important is football to you well obviously not very much so go home and think about it that's what I would say yeah. and the rest of the guys are going to New Orleans and you're going to do the best with the guys you have that's I'll just be the curious
0: to see how long he lasts if at all in waivers I mean from what he's put down on tape this year playing in that LA secondary uh, there was talk of a second chance once the punishment is served I wonder if he gets that second chance with the Rams or if someone grabs him before that happens, you know,
1: you're only as uh, valuable as, as the next corner that goes down. So somebody loses a corner, he's going to be very, very Mm -hmm. attractive. And you might forget about what he just did, but you also have to worry about, you know, league punishment. But if you're just thinking of getting through this year, you know, if he's out there, he's attractive.
0: Interesting. All right. Thanksgiving today, obviously about giving thanks Next holiday on my mind is Christmas. Yeah. It's more about like wish list, right? And, and what would we like to have next? So maybe that's where we go okay. coming up on Rams All Access Ooh, after this quick break. So <laughs> give it some thought. Uh, we also have a Rams All Access Twitter poll grading Jared Goff's debut. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a lot more about Jared. And we'll also go four down territory. It's our week our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We've got Mike Triplett on the line with us this week who covers the Saints. We'll ask him about the latest on Mark Ingram's status for Sunday, how well Drew Brees is playing, and what Thanksgiving weekend in New Orleans at the Dome will be like. He's DeMarco Far. I'm J.B. Long, your Rams radio broadcast team here on ESPN LA 710.
2: He's new at it, and we're expecting him to grow. And, you know, love his confidence, love his composure, Love the decision-making stuff that he's doing right now. So, big challenge this week. It's loud. Going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be hard to hear. He's going to have to handle that, but we'll get him prepared for it.
0: He even said that the Rams will pipe some sound into practice. They nice. always have the tunes going, don't they, DeMarco? But, oh, yeah. But uh, maybe a little bit more hostile noise preparing Jared Goff for his first road start.
1: I just remember my first time in New Orleans and just hearing the crowd. And you've been in hostile territory before. And you've heard things being shouted at you, but it seemed different. It seemed <laughs> fueled in New Orleans. And then you turn around to see the actual face that's shouting, and you realize, yep,
0: he's full. <laughs> it just It's a different environment. It's going to be fun. This segment of the Rams All Access Program is sponsored by Barbecue's Galore, your local source for the best tailgating gear at the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. Visit com. That's BBQGalore.com to find the store Nearest you Uh, Jared making his first professional start in the rain Sunday when 17 of 31 only 134 yards that was an average of 4.3 only took one sack I think he impressed with his mobility uh, pocket presence no turnovers perhaps most importantly given what we saw in training camp and in the preseason. But only five passes beyond 10 yards, and for what we are told, granted the weather and the score played into things, it was a very conservative debut for Jerry.
1: You know, it made sense. I mean, we talked pregame about supplementing the run game by throwing quick passes. I I thought the little three-yard outs to Tyler Higbee was the best example of that. Now, I, I think you only missed one or two of those, but they didn't go for, you know, they weren't very big plays, but they help you set up your second and mediums, third, and shorts. Uh, which is what you want to do to protect a young quarterback. Uh, I thought the back shoulder fade to Kenny Britt had a chance.
0: Could have been P.I.
1: Yeah, could have been P.I. It was in a good spot because if it's incomplete, the ball lands safely out of bounds where they can't get it. So um, I think as he gets you know a little more acclimated to what he's seeing on defense, you'll start seeing more of those down the field, and you're going to be in a dome, and you're going to have to keep up with Drew Brees. So I would expect some vertical passing. Yeah, Fish,
0: Fisher used the S word, didn't he? As in... Shootout.
1: And you never hear him say that? uh No, not at all. Um, I, I, maybe a little shout to his defense. You know, if, if you hear your head coach say shootout, you're thinking, wait a minute, what about us over
0: here? That's a real deal. You think that the expectation of the coaching staff, at least to the media, of saying, hey, this could be a barn burner this weekend, well, sends a message to the defense. Well, side. Well,
1: it's it's natural because everyone's patting that side of the ball on the back, uh, and, and you're targeting the offense as the reason you're four and six. So... You have to keep them amped, Mm -hmm. and you might as well remind them of what you're in for against Drew Brees. So, yeah, he he tortures even the best defenses, better defenses than what the Rams have. So you're going to have to up your game
0: even more to stop him. I actually like quotations coming out of the opposing locker room on Sunday as much as I appreciated those from the Rams locker room. Adam Gase in particular, offensive-minded guy, first-year head coach, still calls the play, said – They dialed up just about everything they had and threw it at Jared, and in his words, Jared didn't seem to be bothered by much of it, which, again, kind of executing the short, quick game plan, that's fine. Um, But, again, given the pre-snap mistakes that we saw in the preseason, given the lack of ball security that we saw in the preseason in the rain— with the jitters, uh, that was something to be to be pleased with. I think.
1: I think the biggest thing that you can say, "Dang, you, uh, you want to see that play again?" Is he might have missed some open guys. Now he completed the pass. Uh, put it in a good spot for the yeah. receiver that he threw to, but there were other guys on the other side that could have been open. And that's all going to come okay, with so experience. Okay, so that's a good point, that maybe yeah. it's
0: not all conservative play calling, it's Jared taking the safest option. Getting
1: the ball out versus what you're seeing. So, And, and one thing, let me, let me uh, point this out too, because I know a lot of people like to point fingers and, you know, look, it rolls downhill and someone has to take the blame. It's usually the offensive line, right? I think they have the toughest assignment in football. I do. Hands down. You're protecting a rookie quarterback who's uh, getting signals from a first-year coordinator with a running back that hasn't been special since last year. Doesn't make a lot of guys miss. As a matter of fact, his biggest runs this past Sunday, how big were the holes? Who touched him going through? No one. So to get that ground game going, you have to be letter-perfect, block everybody, or it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Verse, And then you have a rookie signal caller who's getting his feet wet. So I think they have... A real tough assignment, tougher than anybody else in the National Football League, and you're not allowed to speak on it. Really, say what's going on. So, all that is going to be, it's going to be harder this week because now you have to deal with crowd noise on top of everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so, look, they have to be special. Uh, Goff has to get better and the running game has to keep coming along and you have to find ways to move that rock on the ground
0: there's gonna be a good chance that on Sunday we see a revamped offensive line in New Orleans for the Rams let's talk about that in the next segment so we can really dive into the elements there and the implications but one other point that you raised is one that's been on my mind and that is Todd Gurley has now a very small sample size of being rookie of the year caliber and the rest of his body of work Rather pedestrian, and that actually led a viewer, a listener, I should say, on Monday to ask if Jeff Fisher might Benny Cunningham warrant a start, might uh, might number thirty just need to see it from the sideline for whatever whether that lights his fire, whether that gives him perspective. I mean, there's a fairly damning metric that he has broken just one tackle in the last handful of games.
1: Uh, Are you are we going to believe? Are we to believe that Miami's O line is that much better than than the Rams O line? Or let's just compare Ajayi to Gurley on the same carries. Now, what's the difference? Why is this guy getting out, and why is Todd Gurley and the Rams, the play's over in two seconds? What's the difference here? It can't be all the guys up front. I mean, everyone has to shoulder some responsibility for a lack of a run game, including Todd Gurley.
0: Are you concerned by that?
1: A little. I mean, look, um, sometimes I think we get caught up in who's making the plays versus – just get the play made. Um, but at 4-6 and six, after, what, 11 weeks? And your playoff hopes are dwindling? I, I think it's less about who's doing it versus just get the damn thing done.
0: Look, I get the role of a third, bound, third down back is different, and there are more and different opportunities for Benny Cunningham coming in and passing situations. But with the yards per carry average – two yards healthier than Todd's. Is there something to giving him more of the workload and seeing what really is to the lack of a running dynamic? I would
1: I would try. I I was expecting more out of Todd Gurley this season, more Eric Dickerson and less Jerome Bettis nineteen ninety four. But I think that's what you're going to see. It's going to take him three hundred and some odd carries just to get to a thousand yards. You know, he's going to be a thousand yard back. He's going to get the carries to do that, but I was I think we all were expecting a little bit more, but to just blame one group for for the lack of a run game, I think yeah. is a little unfair.
0: Only one back in NFL history has rushed for 1,000, by the way, without having a single individual 100-yard game within that season. It was Jamal Lewis, uh, 100, I beg your pardon, 1,002 yards back in 2008. I mean, that's kind of what Todd Gurley is on track to do.
1: Yeah, it's tough sledding. Um, it's, it's Steven Jackson territory where – Look, you're running the football and consistently you're staying with it and you're not getting much out of it, but at least you have a chance to stay balanced. And if you had a quarterback to, you know, I guess make up those plays, you'd be a better offense for it. Steven was a little bit different. I think Jared Goff at some point is going to be that guy that takes advantage of an eight man box.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess other position groups are being held accountable, including the offensive line. We'll talk about that next. Through this number of games, if your lead back isn't getting it done, let's face it, putting Benny in there, you're not going to lose anything in pass protection either. With a rookie quarterback, it might not be the worst thing to have Benny in there for a few more snaps with Jared to his side, right?
1: I think you're at that point if you're Jeff Fisher. Okay. I think you're at that point now.
0: All right. Uh, more on golf still to come. A change on the offensive line potentially. We'll get DeMarco's thoughts on details on that. But coming up next, it's four down territory, our weekly trip. Inside Opponents Territory, we go to New Orleans and talk with our ESPN beat reporter, Mike Triplett, about the state of the Saints on ESPN LA 710. Time for 4 Down Territory, our weekly trip inside Opponents Territory to chat with a representative who covers the opponent this week. It's Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for ESPN and ESPN.com. Mike, thanks for being with us. Is this a Saints group that still feels like they've got a playoff chance?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, for a couple reasons. Atlanta has not run away with the division yet, but the Saints are playing their best football this year, maybe in three years, you could argue. Consistency isn't there, but the offense is lights out, especially in the Dome, and and the defense has really come around the last few weeks. It's been some pretty spectacular gaps, mostly on special teams that have cost them the last two games.
0: At 37 years of age, it seems like uh, Drew Brees is playing as well as ever. Has that been the case up close?
2: Really, it is. You know, At least his best in in probably five years. Um, And I think part of the reason is he's got this young core of wide receivers that might be the best he's ever had to work with in New Orleans. And Brandon Cooks, uh, Willie Sneed, and the rookie Michael Thomas, he's leading the league in yards, he's leading the league in touchdowns, and uh, he's got one of the best completion percentages and passer ratings of his career as well.
0: How about Mark Ingram's status and how committed are the Saints to their running game this week against the Rams?
2: That's usually game plan specific. Uh, Their passing game is so good, and their short passing game is so reliable uh, that you know they don't need to force the run if it doesn't make sense. But if there's ever an opponent you know that's weak against the run, or that is begging them to run because they're sitting back in deep coverage, they'll make them pay for it. And and they've got Mark Ingram and Tim Hightower to do that. Those guys will also catch a lot of checkdown passes. So that's definitely a solid complementary part of their offense.
0: And Ingram practice midweek coming out of he, concussion he, protocol. He
2: practiced. Um, I, I, I'm not even sure that he was ever officially diagnosed with a concussion, but all signs seem to appear that he's going to play in this game.
0: Last question for Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for ESPN and ESPN.com. What is Thanksgiving weekend like in New Orleans? Will the crowd at the Dome be more or less raucous than normal?
2: Uh, you know, that's a good question, and I don't know for sure. I do know hunting season opens right around the same time every year. Uh the New Orleans fairground season opens around the same time, but uh maybe that just means the fun can spread all the way into uh into Sunday uh by then. But uh may- maybe it tires them out. If 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 the Rams can take the crowd out of the game early, maybe they'll be worn out.
0: Hunting season. I like it, Mike. Thanks for the local flavor. Appreciate you and see you on Sunday.
2: All right, thank you.
0: I made the mistake yeah. of uh of looking up of Googling what do you hunt in Louisiana? Yeah. I'm top, afraid. Top three. <laughs> I'm afraid to know what. Coyotes. They're they're good swimmers, fast runners, and skilled at hiding, so they're difficult to hunt, apparently. Okay. Number two, raccoon. They okay. may be hunted at night throughout the year, but only with a twenty two rifle. And feral pigs is number three. Feral
1: pigs is number three.
0: So I, I did not go much farther into the Louisiana hunting. So scene you're then. not hunting for food. You're hunting predators
1: or at least a coyote interesting wow mike caught me off guard with that one okay hunting season in new orleans i do my hunting at the grocery store (laughs) (laughs) it's where i hunt for meat yeah do you like new orleans i do i love new orleans the food is outstanding people are great
0: yeah you'll see (laughs) yeah i mean i've been there i've been there for mardi gras and non-mardi gras occasions but you haven't been there with me and mo yet we're going to have fun. I see. Yes. I see. Okay.
1: Eat lots of bread. Coming Just off, saying. Come <laughs> off,
0: coming off the feast that was today in Thanksgiving. Right. Got a rebound. Uh, you know, we're shaking off the turkey here. Yep. And the stuffing. And we're preparing for week 12. Uh, it's a matchup between two teams who are really trying to keep their dim playoff hopes alive. One has the best offense in the league. One might have the best defense in the league. Uh, reactions to what you're hearing coming out of Saints camp and the mindset that they're going to be in on Sunday?
1: You know, four and six, and they're not out of it. Um, and you, you shouldn't be out of it when you have Drew Brees. But um, I love watching that offense. I love watching Brees. Uh, I, call, I, I see guys like him that are that old, that experience. He has a black belt in quarterbacking. Hmm. Uh, He can do everything. His play fakes are top-notch. His hard counts are great. He can protect himself um, even with a subpar O-line. So, I mean, I'm not saying they have a subpar O-line, but he can protect himself and not get killed. He is tremendous. And uh, he and Sean Payton are master manipulators of defense. They'll spread you out one play to where you have to send smoke signals to talk to the guy next to you, and then the very next play, you're right on top of each other, so you can wear the same uniform. So, hmm. uh, and, and they get the matchup that they want consistently, and he can get the ball out, and he's very, very accurate, 70% or above. Um, so I, I love watching this offense play, except when they play the Rams, but historically, or in the Jeff Fisher era, the Rams defense has gotten after him. Yep. Um, they They get him to throw the ball to the Rams, so... You're going to need that and more on game day, no doubt.
0: 2013, I believe, their most recent meeting. There were yeah. a couple of early pick sixes that set the stage for the Rams to get that one.
1: Yeah, and it usually came off of pressure because Breeze is thrown to a spot. And if you can disrupt the timing of the route or disrupt you know, his drop by getting pressure with quick beats up front, which Donald and Quinn can do, mm-hmm. uh, he'll get the ball out into uh, and, and bad spaces. So if you can force the – I wouldn't say bad Breeze, but – if you can force the blind breeze throw, you'll have a chance to pick it off.
0: Interesting. Uh, Teron Armstead, their starting left tackle, has missed the last couple of games and five on the season overall with knee and quad trouble. Could be, what, the fourth week in a row that the opponent would be without its would-be starting left tackle against Robert Quinn? You know, uh, if you can stay on sides and actually take advantage of My it, God. it would be nice. I know you said <laughs> I know you said you were over Miami. I am yeah. still not over that particular element of Miami. Um, And it was frustrating me during the game. I mean, I felt like a broken record saying false start Dolphins and not seeing a flag come down. But then to see Robert Quinn draw the neutral zone infraction on top of it a double whammy.
1: It's like you're a marked man for some reason. I've but yeah, he's got, I've never
0: seen him that mad, by the way.
1: But, I mean, look, false starts, that's the ref's uh, job. Your job is to make sure you're on sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, look down. When the ball is on the ground, when the center has his hand on the ball, make sure your face isn't over in the neutral zone because they're going to call you, obviously. They're not going to miss you being off sides. They're going to miss a false start. But you, they're not going to miss. So that's your job.
0: I do appreciate about Rob the fact that he used that fuel as motivation to finally turn the corner and trip up Tannehill by the ankle and finally get that one side. So it was like he tunneled under the left tackle rather than going around him. That's how low to the ground he was. He you, crawled it, to Tannehill. It
1: reminded me of college where my D-line coach, and he was an unrelenting D-word uh-huh. back in the day. One of the best coaches I ever had. Though. An but
0: unrelenting sh- DeMarco.
1: I like that better. Um, he showed me a tape of me – playing when i'm not mad and then me playing when i am mad that's pretty cool and the me mad was better so i would show that to (laughs) quinn if you're playing like this when you're mad stay mad then if
0: you can get there when you're pissed off then keep doing it play like that all the time uh speaking of offensive lines let's transition to the ram side of the equation because there could be a fairly significant and not just for this week but maybe long-term change going on along that front Um, I'll use the Jared Goff uh, Rams All Access Twitter poll to get us there. And this week's question was, how do you grade Jared Goff's NFL debut against Miami? Uh, 31% gave Jared a passing grade. 11% gave him a failing grade. And the vast majority, 58%, said incomplete because based on the rain and the game plan, we just did not get to learn enough about Jared Goff in his debut against Miami. He could be playing behind a different piece this week, at least one. Uh, And this is something that's been hinted at. It's been asked of Jeff uh, in many recent weeks. This week, it seems like he's actually going to make a move. Um, Jared's best play, arguably, on Sunday came on his third and 10 scramble. Got out of the pocket, got to the Rams' sideline, went belly to the turf, dove for it, got picked up by his teammates. It was a great sign to me that he has won over some components of that locker room. But he gets called back because of a block in the back. Uh, As you watch that back on tape do you see that as potentially the straw that broke the camel's back
1: for Greg Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from the angle I was standing at on the sideline, it looked like what we said on game day, that Greg was just trying to clear his feet and he shoved the guy inadvertently and you shouldn't make that call. But when you watch it from two different angles and the ref's angle, the one that actually made the call, it's a good call. Um, you can't keep doing this to your team over and over and over again. And he's not the only one making mistakes. There are veteran guys in this club that are making mistakes, but we, especially they're, they're, they're compounded when you're on offense, especially a left tackle. So, uh, And this has been going on for the better part of two seasons. So I think he's, uh, he's gotten a lot of leeway. At some point, you're going to have to go stand next to the coach and think about it. So, and, and there were a lot of people that thought that the Rams' offensive line, especially from Tim Barnes, uh, from Tim Barnes to the left, Out, yeah. was a little bit backwards. That actually, Roger Saffold is your best left tackle, and, and he and, has
0: placed tackle before, and he's played. And left you tackle. actually like Robinson as a guard,
1: and Greg Robinson played his best football when he was a guard. So that if you flip those two guys, you may actually be better. Um, I never thought that Greg would go to the bench, but. I, I think you're all out of options now if you're Jeff Fisher. I think you've coached him as hard as you can coach. Mm. You've told him. You've told him twice, and you continue to make mistakes. So there there is a spot for people like that. It's called On the Pine, uh, and that's a shame. One of your best players, your biggest, strongest guys, has to sit out because he can't control himself in games. Um, hopefully he works himself back into the lineup because I don't like to see that guy, that ability, on the bench. But I don't like to see that guy making that many mistakes that cost you first downs and games.
0: Yeah, the the penalties are the obvious ones that even amateurs like me can see and keep track of. But there are also kind of penalties of omission, right? Not executing things that are in that week's game plan that show up in film study beyond just the costly penalties, that I think might ultimately lead to this change on Sunday. Uh, There's also the factor of Jamon Brown coming back from his hand surgery and maybe being closer to 100% and ready to participate that gives the coaching staff the flexibility to make this change. Um, But I'll also note just on a personal level, this is a tough time for Greg Robinson to be sitting out. He's a Louisiana kid, and I would venture a guess that he might have some friends and family who are planning on coming to watch him play against the Saints. Yeah. And if he's standing on the sideline, what a time to send a message that, look, he knows, right? I mean, he said this was the biggest season of his career coming into training camp. He went to La Charles Bentley's uh, summer school, whatever, in Arizona. For whatever reason, there's a disconnect there though still.
1: Yeah, I mean, the penalties, it's just like Richie Incognito back when, uh, when he was on the football team and he would get those costly personal fouls where they would stop the game and you could point to Richie, punching the guy, headbutting the guy and say, oh, my God, stop doing that. Well, holding calls, false starts, blocking in the back, it's all the same. It, It puts your offense on the bench and puts your punter on the field. So if you can't find a way to stop it on your own, then put somebody else in and let's see if they can get better at that spot.
0: I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead, but you do consider the fact that he's still just 23 years old, so there's a lot of runway left there, but you also spent the number two pick on him, and golly, I, I don't know if, if you go into the draft this year, you don't have your first-round pick, but there's someone good there in the early second round. Do you have to consider investing another pick in an offensive lineman, potentially?
1: Is there anybody on the board outside of quarterback, because I think you have Goff, that you would say, we're fine there. At At any position position on offense. I mean, any position. If Ezekiel Elliott was coming out in the draft this year, would you say no? If you had a shot at him?
0: Probably not. Probably
1: not. So I I think all bets are off at this point.
0: Yeah, just what they've already put in terms of draft stock into that offensive line collectively would be a frustrating uh reality to come to but you might as well find out now right i think there's something to making this move now so that greg hopefully at some point here in 2016 also like you're saying has a chance to win that job back and show you that you don't need to take that next step i'm
1: hoping i'm hoping just like jeff fisher is that this is the turning point for greg robinson hmm. the big embarrassment you're going home and you're on the bench so i hope that turns him around and not the opposite way
0: all right he's demarco far i'm jb long this is rams all excess we'll step aside on espnla 710 See more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com rams today, vividseats.com rams, to reserve your official ticket travel and VIP tailgate package to the next game. Let's go around the division, and let's start with the Cardinals and the Falcons. Cardinals, Falcons. All right, the Cardinals are at 4-5-1, and one, the Falcons at 6-4. First, just want to wish uh, Bruce Arians the best, man. That's a couple of health scares now piling up for him. Middle of the season, uh, Thanksgiving week, they'll play early in the Georgia Dome. The uh, Cardinals got to get this one if they want to stay in contact with the Seattle Seahawks atop the division.
1: You know, I, I think if we had a list for most surprising, most disappointing, i have to put the Cardinals there. Uh, I think a lot of people had them penciled in for a Super Bowl run or a Super Bowl appearance and just hasn't gone that well. But, hey, look, um, good luck to Julio Jones this week. You know, put up another great game against the Cardinals because, look, the, the Rams are trying to, you know, jump up that board in the West. But it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, unless Carson Palmer dials it back, I say Matt Ryan gets
0: another one. Yeah, he's going really well right now. We'll yeah. see him in a couple of weeks. Next up, the 49ers go across the country – to South Beach, Niners, Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins sitting at six and four after beating the Rams last week. They're four and one at home, and now they've got arguably the worst team or the second worst team in the NFL coming to their yard—a chance to win six in a row.
1: Yeah, uh, don't be surprised if San Francisco gives them a game and 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 possibly wins it. Um, it's not that I have uh, I have. Uh, Nothing but respect for the Dolphins and and the job that they did against the Rams. But um, I don't think that team is special. Do you? I I really don't. I don't Uh, think they're special. I think they
0: were in a tough spot. I mean, I think winning five straight in this league is darn near impossible, no matter what your schedule, no matter where you are. To do it on a California back-to-back, almost unprecedented. I think they had every reason, you know, in terms of a competitive edge to be content with, hey, we got San Diego, we're going to go home and be in a good position. They didn't.
1: You win it with a pick six against San Diego, and you you, sc- you clawed one out against
0: LA. Four straight fourth quarter comebacks Amazing. to Ryan Tannehill. It's like what do they do with the first three quarters? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Last one: Seahawks and Bucks. The Seahawks, Bucks. All right. So it's a nice little tour of the uh, the NFC East for the NFC West this week. Seahawks going across the country to face the five and five Buccaneers.
1: Too late. Uh, Seattle woke up. Um, look, you, you you woke up the sleeping giant, the snoozing bear, and look, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are just giving it to you, and they've always had one of the best defenses. So, um, Jameis Winston, I think, is uh, he's going to be in the Super Bowl hunt as far as quarterbacks in the future. But right now, it's all about Seattle in this division.
0: Now, I'll be curious to see what the Seahawks are playing for when we go there on a Thursday night. The season's starting to get short. You know, that would be the third to final week yeah a chance they could already kind of be in the driver's seat playoff positionally they could be playing for some home field advantage true Uh, I wonder what the stakes will be for them and what would that be week 15
1: it depends on how the NFC shakes out where they are and what the Rams are doing in that game Uh, was it Mojo that said um, if you have a chance to knock the Rams out uh, you don't want to play a division vote in the postseason so if you have a chance to knock them out you might as well just play your guys but You know, it it could be a situation where they're resting. They're getting ready for the playoffs.
0: Uh, You're right. Having lost some games to the rams in consecutive outings i could see them just wanting to put that streak to bed not wanting to give away the the season series two years in a row to the st louis slash los angeles rams if oh yeah Carroll and company. <laughs> um hey before we're done with this particular segment i know you wanted to have a few words about the new orleans defense that the rams offense is going to face
1: i love kenny vaccaro man their safety strong safety makes a lot of plays makes all their big plays and all the routine plays with
0: or without peds you love them Ugh. Either way. He, he, he's he's <laughs> facing like, a four-game suspension for yeah, Adderall.
1: I like the guy in uniform and, and, and shoulder pads. The guy just makes plays. And uh, they've got Nick Fairley, who was here in with the Rams last last year. Aaron Donald's got five sacks. Fairley's got four and a half. But that's pretty much all he does is rush the passer. Uh, not a great run defender. So it's going to be tough for Jared Goff and Jamon Brown if he starts, uh, and Wickman on the other side trying to keep Nick Fairley off the quarterback. He's a great pass rusher on the inside, so that's going to be tough. Good defense, better against the run the last four weeks, but still, if you look at the stat column and where they are, you would expect the Rams to be able to make some plays against them in the passing game.
0: DeMarco, when the schedule came out, we thought, well, here's a chance for the Rams to see their former all-time franchise-leading tackler, James Laurinaitis, who left in free agency and signed on with New Orleans that has not been the case he's now been waived off IR
1: yeah I thought it was going to be the uh the Rams x ram revenge week two times in a row yep you got James Laurinaitis and then Chris Long in New England but it's just look I, I think James he's a middle linebacker he doesn't miss games tough guy uh eventually your body starts to break down so um I would say that he needs to go land in a spot to where that team already has a great quarterback. Oh, I forgot. You just had Drew Brees. So, hey, look, he's had a nice long career. I hope he finds a way back onto a roster, but who knows? He may not.
0: At Saints defense, they were surrendering 32 points per game after their first five contests. They look porous. They've somehow gotten it together. They've trimmed that average below 23 points per game now over the last four contests. They've done really well. Carolina, they nearly completed a frantic comeback on Thursday night, so they've had a few extra days rest to game plan, to watch Jared Goff, and to get ready for this offense. Final break here on ESPN LA 710, but in our final segment of Rams All Access, if we could go back in time, and replay the 2016 schedule to date. What should the L.A. record be? We'll give DeMarco a chance to think on that and finish up with some holiday thoughts after this. From week 7 to 11, the Rams defense has allowed an NFL low 253 yards per game. That's 23 yards per game fewer than any other defense in the NFL of course, the downside of this Inside the Numbers is they've only won one of those contests. How much of an opportunity lost does that feel like to you, DeMarco Farr?
1: Huge, huge. Uh, defense win championships, but uh, great defense without a good offense can lose you regular season games and you don't make it to the postseason. So um, I, I think it's... Doubly hard for for coaches like Jeff Fisher. Um, You need to coach your defense to keep playing like that week in and week out, and you also have to get your offense going at the same time, and you can't allow people to point fingers, which is human nature at some point when we keep bringing up these stats. Because believe me, in the information age, everyone knows those numbers, and I, I, I would bet those numbers are being talked about inside the building. But when you get on the practice field, you're all a part of the same team, and you win and you lose together.
0: Which leads me to my closing question on this Thanksgiving evening. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, everyone. Be sir. safe if you're in your car. Please, please, please. Uh, we look forward to joining you Sunday from the Superdome. If you could go back in time and replay this 2016 season, knowing what you know about your Los Angeles Rams now, what should their record be?
1: Wow. What should the record be? Um, okay. And all
0: the other teams are static. Yeah, all yeah, of yeah. their injury troubles and in, Weekend and week and week calculations are the same. Week in and
1: week out, every single Sunday, with the exception of a Monday and you haven't had a Thursday yet. Um, the Rams have been in every single game they've had chances to win every single one, save one, that week one debacle in San Francisco. So that
0: so, one has to stay in the loss column. We agree. Yeah,
1: so you know what I would say. After, you can't
0: lay claim to that San Francisco
1: no, I No, San Francisco beat you. That, even was, though, that was inevitable.
0: Even though if you went back to training camp, you would once again say, this is one we need and to I, get. And
1: I would say no to Hard Knocks first. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe that really, wouldn't you happen. think Hard Knocks? It's inevitable, man. I mean, look, it fires the other team up, and it, it gives you a big head. And I'm glad you, you were sent crashing back to earth early and, and it kind of turns you around. So, I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility to say you'd be 9-1 and Of course, at it this is. point in the season? Of
0: course it is. But I'm not saying you can't. Okay. Uh, fair? So Six you're, and four. Sears so saying we replay this thing and you still lose Monday night after Hard Knocks at Levi's in San Francisco and then you rip off eight in a row. I mean, you were close. You were close. Let me just play devil's advocate. Go ahead. Jameis Winston, with the ball, last sequence, in your own territory. Russell Wilson, with the ball, final <laughs> sequence, in your own territory.
1: You got turnovers in both those games to
0: win them. Okay. <laughs> but even the Cardinals and the Jets. Right. Again, turnovers to win them. Right. With the football, a chance to tie or win the game. I don't think you can claim all four okay. of those, which are the four yeah. wins to this point.
1: Is six and four, is that is that closer to so you're what saying you're saying? Just invert it. Yes. Flip the record. What do you think?
0: I mean, I, I think five and five at a bare minimum. Okay, but, but this to me, based on the way they've played and the the offensive skill talent that they do have, they just haven't reaped the benefits of yet. Yeah. I mean, Tavon way behind his his career paces. Todd way behind last year's pace. Kenny Britt's picked it up. Kenny Britt's the one. Yeah. But he's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. But to go back to inside the numbers, if you give me a defense performing at this level and a chance to just execute the offensive game plan one more time against the likes of the Bills at home, at Detroit, the Giants when you had a 10 nothing lead right. and they had no running game. I mean, how about the Giants? I mean, if the Rams finish them off in London... They're they're out. They're, they're done. done. They've ch- right. and instead they they have a whole new season because they came back from down ten. Give buckets. them a lift, absolutely. Um, and then certainly the Panthers. You know, I, I thought they played Cam Newton and Jonathan Stewart really well. It was a shame not to produce offensively. Just uh, deserve the win that one. Four too. Four straight games scoring ten points or fewer. Uh, it's hard to believe that Sunday's going to be a shootout. But part of me says bring it, just because it would be refreshing to get another game like we saw in Detroit. Right, could. that's I'm, the only one we've seen so far. Jared
1: Goff could be looking at you know player of the week if you win this game, because you're going to have to score points to do it.
0: What's more likely to happen this weekend? Jared Goff throws his first touchdown pass, or Todd Gurley breaks the hundred yard mark?
1: Oh, Jared Goff throwing his first touchdown pass. That's going to happen. It's going to happen versus New Orleans. Okay, hundred yard rushing. I mean. That's going to be tough sledding for how this run game is, is producing right now.
0: What's more likely to be seen this week in Jared Goff's first NFL touchdown or his first NFL turnover?
1: Oh, wow. That's 50-50. That's 500 ball there. I mean, because they're going to trap him into something. It always happens with rookies. But he's also going to score, too. They're going to find pay dirt. No doubt.
0: So more scores than interceptions, more scores than turnovers. You just hope for a positive ratio. Could be
1: one-to-one.
0: One-to-one is not going to get it. You're going to need more than one. So somebody's going to have to help
1: out, and non-offensive touchdowns is going to help you beat New Orleans.
0: I was just looking at the itinerary for this weekend. It's a noon local kick. That means 10 a.m. here, so join us bright and early. Our pregame gang will be here at 7 a.m. on ESPN LA. We'll join you throughout those three hours from the – was it the Mercedes-Benz Superdome now yeah. in New Orleans? Looking forward to that. Uh, make sure you keep things, you know, under wraps on Saturday night. Curfew is is enforced for Rams radio.
1: Right. You mean the Rams.
0: No, I said Rams radio.
1: Not Rams radio. Oh, no. We don't have curfew. Oh, no. We're
0: professionals. (laughs) Uh, We started the show with just uh, some Thanksgiving, and, boy, is it great uh, to have the Rams and professional football back in Los Angeles. We are so thankful to be able to bring you the action win or lose uh, every weekend here on ESPN LA 710. Thank you for having us uh, in your homes, in your cars, in your headset. Uh, We'll join you Sunday from the Superdome. And, once again, happy Thanksgiving, everyone.